0: Why don't we continue to tap into the spirit? Don't stop just because I've gotten the mic. Why don't we close every eye in this building? Why don't we raise our hands? And I want want you to do something. With every eye closed and every hand raised, I want you to be transparent right now in your thoughts and be real with Jesus. And I want you to declare, you don't have to declare it out loud. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But declare in your thoughts right now what is it that you're in need of tonight? Be transparent. What is it that you came to the house expecting? What is it that you are hopeful will happen by the end of this service? What is it that drew you to the house today? I want you to be real with God. Right now for the next few minutes. Whatever it is, whatever need that you are thinking of, that is the least that he can do for you tonight. Whatever it is, whatever that need was in your heart tonight, just now. That is the bare minimum that God wants to do for you tonight. It's not God that is limited, it's our imagination. It is sometimes our dreams and our vision that is limited. Because we are the ones that put God in a box. Simply here to encourage someone tonight. God wants to do more in your life than you can even imagine. God wants to use you in ways that your mind cannot comprehend. And if you would just surrender it all tonight, He's gonna manifest His power and His glory in a way you never thought was imaginable. That's it. Tap in. Tap into the spirit of God. That's it. Hallelujah! 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 Let God be God tonight. Allow the Lord to minister. You don't have to wait to altar call for the Lord to minister to you. You don't have to wait to altar call to receive your miracle. You don't have to wait to altar call to receive your healing. You don't have to wait to altar call to receive your deliverance. God is in the building now. Have you believe that our prayers haven't just gone up and hit the ceiling and landed on the floor, but that we serve a God that hears our prayers, that he is just as far as the mention of his name, well, why don't we give him glory one more time and thank God and give God glory for his faithfulness? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, we're not playing church. We're not playing church. The God of all creation is in the building tonight. The savior of our souls is in the building tonight. The author and the finisher of our faith is in the building tonight. So why don't we just acknowledge his presence one more time and give him all the glory. I know during this conference we kind of tend to go for um, to, to have uh, I guess we try to have revival services and we we push and we uh, ask for those that are seeking, uh, seeking after His Spirit, His Holy Ghost, and God can still fill you with His spirit by the end of this service. I believe that with all my heart. But I also have a word, just a little word of encouragement before I start that we all go through seasons not only individually but as a church. And there are seasons to to sow. There will be seasons to reap. There will be seasons, we have seasons as a church to of uh, healing, sorrow. I just want to encourage someone that just to be sensitive in what season you're in. We can't force the hand of God. You know. We can't expect summer results in winter. You can't expect the flowers to bloom in in summer. But just whatever season you're in, it's winter, rug up. But just prepare for the next season. Don't wait till the day of winter and it starts to get cold before you go down to Kmart to buy a heater and they're all sold out. (laughs) Prepare for the next season. And it's just been beautiful. Uh, It's been a beautiful time to spend here this weekend and it's just... You really have a spiritually sensitive church, Pastor. You do. And not only are they spiritually sensitive, you, you tap into the Spirit very, very quickly. Very quickly. And don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose that. Go deeper. Pray more. As we heard this morning. Amen. So that when people, when guests come in, they automatically feel. You know, some churches, it takes, you know, I'm from Sydney too, sometimes it takes a few songs to warm up. When the sound went out, I was contemplating going to do my vocal (laughs) warm-ups. That's a miracle in itself when Jesus would preach to thousands without a microphone. But thank God for the sound team. But just continue to do what you're doing. Do more. We all can testify that we can do more, amen, for the kingdom of God. We all can testify that we can pray more and we can study the word more. Amen? If you have your Bibles, if you just, as you're standing, turn to me. 2 Kings chapter 4. I just want to thank Pastor Butcher for this opportunity to come and preach and it's been um, a great privilege uh, to also come with uh, Pastor Hickler and uh, these two men have been great mentors of mine and uh, um, I think one of my, I preached one of my first youth camps overseas while you were the uh, overseas missions director. I think that was in collaboration with uh, Brother Downs at the time when you went and preached in Dili. That was before I was licensed. And I was like preaching a youth camp overseas before I was licensed. But um, I'm very grateful for your pastor and you know, what he saw in me and believing in me and giving me opportunities like that. I'll never forget it. You know, that's why um, he's played a big part in why I'm here today. Amen. And I also want to thank uh, Sister Linda, but as my family affectionately knows, Grandma Linda, you know, um, and just taking me in this weekend. and uh, um, And, yeah. I've got more to share about you during my sermon, so I can't say too much. <laughs> uh, but it's also good to see, you know, extended family there with um, Siriana, Jerry, and Casey. I usually come to church with Sister Linda, uh, Sister Linda but I came first because she wanted to make sure they, they came. She, she waited behind. She was going to lasso them if they didn't. But uh, it's good to see good to see them. And, and uh, God's not finished, amen? And I'm not going to take too long. Uh, and before you say amen, sure, you know, early night, um, that just gives us more time to pray. Amen? Amen. 2 uh, Kings, starting uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to 57. Nah, I'm joking. <laughs> Not that long, sir so only seven verses tonight. Um, I also give honor to my senior pastor back in Sydney, uh, Pastor Stanley Harvey. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. And for the next few moments, I'm simply going to preach on this. Where are the empty vessels? Where are the empty vessels? One more time, if you just put your Bible down and agree with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for not just tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for what you've done over this whole weekend, Lord God. We just pray one more time, Lord God. That our hearts are open, Lord Jesus, and we desire, Lord God, to draw closer to you. I pray that the seed of your word, Lord God, may fall upon good ground tonight, Lord Jesus. And that it will manifest and it will grow and germinate and bear good fruit, Lord Jesus. That will give you glory, Lord God. Help us tonight, Lord Jesus. Speak to us tonight one more time, O Lord God. As we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Where are the empty vessels? Amen. Great to see a lot of young people sitting at the front. Great. I cannot help but be amazed at a of a story of a man called Daryl Davis. If you haven't heard of him, Daryl Davis is an, an African-American uh, jazz musician who embarked on an interesting journey a few decades ago. It was not something that he envisioned that he would end up doing with his life. You see, Mr. Davis is responsible for helping over 200 people leave the Ku Klux Klan. It is quite fascinating uh, to hear him recount his experiences over the years. He authored a book called "Clan-Destined Relationships." See, Davis's father uh, was in the the U.S. Foreign Service. So he would be uh, stationed in different countries, in a different country every two years. And uh, all the different embassy kids would go to the same school. So Davis was always in a diverse environment. See, Davis describes the the first time his parents sat down as a 10-year-old child when he had returned to the States in the 60s and explained to him for the first time about the reality of racism. He never understood the concept before that. See, Davis was totally oblivious to this reality which... Most kids are, because racism is something that's taught. See, Davis would uh, would share that ever since that day, he would struggle with his with this thought: "How can you hate me when you don't even know me?" He would then recount the day a white man approached him after one of his events to commend him uh, for his musicianship. He stated that the man said that he had never knew a black man could play the piano like Jerry Lee Lewis. Maybe some of you are familiar with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, all the old, old schoolers. See, Davis had to Educate the gentleman that Jerry Lee Lewis had adopted his style from an African American. And this man had a hard time believing uh, believing it, but nevertheless was intrigued by Davis. And would continue to converse with him. And sometime during their conversation, this man revealed that he was a member of the KKK. Now, Davis was obviously taken by surprise, but still wanted to uh, get to know this man as he was driven by that question from when he was 10 years old, how can you hate me when you don't even know me? See, Davis would eventually develop a relationship with this man who would later on leave the clan, and this is what started. Uh, this is what started what he felt was called what he was called to do. He would go on and develop relationships with his clansmen over time, and they and they would eventually leave the clan. Roger Kelly was a uh, national leader who, when he left the clan, who left the clan after Davis spent nearly seven years working on that relationship. That sounds like almost like discipleship, you know. Some of us give up after like, oh my gosh, three weeks. It's like, oh my gosh, you haven't given. <laughs> yeah, seven years he invested in this man. He stated that his encounters would go from nothing to a relationship then eventually develop into a friendship. Another leader was in charge of of one of these groups for 27 years. And after two and a half years of Davis's uh, after two and a half years of knowing Davis he not only left but join Davis in de-radicalizing other members. I'll be honest when I heard these uh, stories, I found myself thinking are these people that we would naturally write off? You see members of the KKK aren't necessarily on top of my Prayer list. Talking about interceding, I don't think we're kind of envisioning members of the KKK. We're like, oh, you know, the, that um, that nice elderly man next door pray for his salvation or, you know, my friend at school and, you know, not KKK members. But As Davis would describe his experiences and how much time it took to develop these relationships you cannot help but sense an emptying out process of these individuals. You see part of learning something new is unlearning something old. Amen. I could not help but admire the time Davis took to help these people empty their minds and hearts of all the wrong thinking, the prejudices and the bigotry. Sometimes it took months, sometimes it took years, but you can definitely sense an emptying out process. See, I obviously do not agree with their position. But I was reminded when I listened to their stories that we are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. I found myself, as I heard, I'm not a, I'm here to declare I'm not a member of the KKK. I'm a member of the UPCA. But yet I still found myself asking the question, what is it I need to empty myself of? I was almost convicted, not almost, I was convicted by their stories. Because they were willing to embark in this process. The scripture that we read in 2 Kings is a story of a woman whose husband had just died. She had a debt that she could not pay off. The debt collectors would have been well within their rights to enslave her sons to pay off their debt until the year of Jubilee. But this woman, in her desperation, calls out. To Elisha for help and it's interesting that she first she appeals to her husband's faithfulness when she cries out even though her husband had already passed away again a reminder in verse 4 when it says that certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying your servant My husband is dead and you know that the servant filled the Lord, I feed the Lord. And when I was reflecting on this, the Lord spoke to me and reminded me that if you empty yourself before the Lord and live a life for God, that your faithfulness can still impact your family even after you're gone. Amen. Your legacy and your decision to live for Jesus Christ does not just affect you, does not just affect your immediate environment, amen, but it affects, it affects generations to come, amen. And I am here as a testimony to that because there is a lady that is sitting in the middle row. Who was the only apostolic believer that I knew. And she will often declare that I'm her one and only uh, soul that she saved. But her faithfulness has forever changed the, tra- the trajectory not only of my life but of my children's life. And I believe with more my heart it's going to change the lives of my grandchildren. Oh my gosh, grandchildren. My goodness, so that might not be as far off. Oh. But I simply want to encourage someone here today to not give up. Amen. Because there are people around you and people that still have not come yet that is depending on your faithfulness here tonight. Sometimes you feel like giving up. I know what it's like. Sometimes you struggle. Sometimes you're weary. Sometimes you're tired. But you know who was some of my biggest motivations? My kids. Because I thought to myself, if I turn my back on God now, where will my kids end up? Your faithfulness here tonight and you deciding to empty yourself out so that you can receive something from God not only affects you, but, only, but also affects those that are yet to come. Amen. You see, Cornelius' prayer and faithfulness not only impacted him, but the Bible says that it impacted his whole household. And because of his decision, we are actually here. Because he was the first Gentile for the Spirit to be poured out on. Do not underestimate your faithfulness. Do not underestimate your impact for the kingdom of God. Amen. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for your faithfulness will forever change the spiritual trajectory of your life. Amen. Of your family. I thank God that he placed a godly woman in my life. Many, many years ago. See, Elisha heard her cries. And he instructed her to to collect empty vessels. And fill them up with oil. The more empty vessels that this widow brought. Another unnamed woman. Could have done a series this week. Miracles of the Unnamed the more oil she was miraculous she would miraculously receive keyword empty and tonight jesus feel like it's almost been the theme for the for the weekend you know doing more letting go of things maybe that's the season that we're in now god sees your heart He also sees that a thing is kind of hindering you reaching your full potential. But he's looking for saints tonight, amen, that will empty themselves before him. Believe it or not, this is the first UPC church I ever walked into. October 2003. And I thought everyone was crazy. October 2003. My first experience in a UPC Apostolic Church. And I felt something different. Didn't know what it was. When I went back to Sydney, I I wanted to connect to the church over there. At that time when I returned... They had because of the times, in Bankstown. So I went and checked that. I went to a because of the times service. I didn't realize. I thought it was just another church service. I didn't realize how big it is now. Yeah, the because of the times are serious. But like uh, true Islander fashion, I arrived at the end of the service. Nah, no, all right. I'm actually uh, like punctual most times. So. Maybe Filipino fashion, nah. Just joking, joking. But I arrived at the end of the service. Must have got something wrong. Must have got the, the start times confused. But I remember already they were just calling altar call. And as soon as the first song started playing, I started just, I was trying to hold back the tears. I was like, oh, man. I didn't even hear the preaching. I'm already, what is this? I just decided from then I was like, I have to attend this church. I have to attend a UPC church, an apostolic church. And two weeks later, I, I walked into Grace Tabernacle at the time, and God filled me with His Spirit. God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen? It was a powerful encounter with His love, with His peace, with His joy, amen? But that could not have taken place unless there was a, empty in our process, And for some of us, it might be longer than others. But I thank God every day that He filled me with His Spirit. Amen. That He fills me with His love. That He fills me with His joy. That He fills me with His peace. I thank God every day that He fills me with His compassion and gives me a burden for the lost. And He's given me a ministry and a purpose and a reason to live If you are thankful this morning, why don't we just lift our voice one more time and give him glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Where are the empty vessels? Where are the empty vessels? Jesus is simply looking for an empty vessel. The oil ran out the moment the woman ran out of the empty vessels. Do not rob yourself of an opportunity of a, to have a, to receive a blessing and to have an encounter with God. Amen. Simply because we don't have any more empty vessels. Acts two one and four. says and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came for a sound from heaven, as of a mighty rushing of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. This was the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was first poured out. But as powerful as his day was, there were only 120 followers in that room that, that day, as stated in Acts 1.15. Even though 1 Corinthians chapter 15 states that Jesus appeared to at least 500 witnesses at one time. At least 500 witnesses at one time, yet there is only 120 there, on the day of Pentecost. What happened to the rest? That's the minute, that's the, that's that's only 500 at one time. Where's the rest? Where's the rest that witnessed this great miracle as Jesus, after his resurrection, walked the earth for another 40 days? Revealing himself to people. I don't know, if, if, if that won't do, if that, if that doesn't do anything for your faith, witnessing Jesus after seeing him crucified and buried. Yet there was only 120 empty vessels there that day. They were ready to be filled with his spirit. What is it that drew them away? What is it that maybe distracted them? Maybe it was their family, a job, and there's nothing wrong with these things. And, but as we've already preached, nothing's wrong with it, as long as it doesn't draw you away from the things of God. What happened? To the rest. That had witnessed the resurrection. Yet when that day came. Only 120. Initially. Witness. The power of God. Where are the empty vessels? See the very thing that we. Fail to empty ourselves of. There's. Those things that distract us is the very thing that will rob us from receiving something from the Lord here tonight. And not just not just about the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is, whatever it is at the beginning of the service, when I said, think to yourself, what is it you came here expecting? If you came here not expecting anything, your vessels full. If you came here expecting nothing, then you'll get nothing. But if you're expecting something from the Lord, He's here to minister to you tonight. Amen. I don't know what it is tonight that we need to empty ourselves from before the Lord. Is it that busy work schedule? Is it that side hobby? Is it that toxic relationship? Is it pride? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What is it tonight that we need to empty ourselves from in order to make a room for God? Even though this woman had enough to sell and pay off her debt, she could have had more. That's why I said, whatever it is you're thinking... That is the minimum God wants to perform in your life. But you've got to empty yourself out tonight. I remember I was at a youth camp a long time ago. I was at a youth camp. <laughs> and uh, a regional youth camp. New South Wales Canberra youth camp. Green Hills in Canberra. And and um, I, I, I personally love to observe what the Spirit is doing during during worship services. And and uh, that's why you'll find me, I walk at the back a lot. I like walking at the back because I'm stalking people. No, I'm not stalking people, but I'm just trying to observe and tap into what God is doing. So at this youth camp, there was these two young girls, first time, new to church. Uh, to the church they were going to. Um, And so they were obviously friends. They looked like they were like 12, 13. And it was obvious as I was observing them over the weekend that there was one of them that was the follower. And there was one of them who was clearly the leader. And I would just... Observe them during worship and during the preaching. And I noticed the follower would always, she would always look to the leader. And if she was raising her hands, she would raise her hand. And if she began to raise her hands and she looked over and the leader uh, had her hands down, she would put her hands down. And if the leader laughed, then she would laugh. And then if she laughed and the leader wasn't laughing, she would stop laughing. And this went on for uh, the three days. Every time the leader wanted to do something, the follower just followed. But I remember on the last night when the preacher called the altar call. I was at the front of the church this time. And I was just watching... Them at the back, and for the first time, the whole weekend, when I, when the preacher called the altar call, I think it was Brother Court Chavis that, um, that weekend. I looked at the back, and I saw the follower grab the leader's hand and bring her to the front. And when I witnessed that, the Lord spoke to me. Something's changed. Something has changed in her heart and in her spirit. She had emptied herself out and was hungry for God. She was that hungry for God that she'd done something... That I, I, from my observation, I believe that she would not normally do. It was clear to me, as soon as I saw her grab her hand and bring it to the front. She's hungry. She's empty. She desires something from God. Something has changed in her spirit. And as they started to pray, I, I, I approached her. And I asked her about the Holy Ghost if she desires to receive the Holy Ghost. And within 30 seconds, God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time, speaking in other tongues. Why did that take place? Because it was obvious that an emptying out process had taken place. And as I come to my first close... I just wonder if we just if there's some things that we're still holding on to tonight. And if it's just a season of just letting go. Every day. Just let go of more and more and more and more. There was a there's a brother that got baptized maybe two years ago. And uh He's from New Zealand. He's Maori. And you know, some Maoris, they're strong. They're like hard. You know, if you know, you know the late brother Peter Russell, you know, he was staunch. You know, tough. Every time when you complain about something, he would say, well, just harden up. Have some cement. <laughs> they're just tough. And I remember praying for this brother and, and I could just sense in the spirit there were wars. There were just things that he had just built up over life. Through experience, culturally. And I just encouraged him. Just keep chipping away at that war. Eventually it will come down. Don't be discouraged if you don't get the Holy Ghost straight away. But just chip away. Chip away chip away every time we respond to the voice of God amen we're chipping away we're chipping away we're chipping away we're breaking down these walls amen might not happen the first time around Jericho might not happen in the second lap of Jericho or the third lap or the fourth lap but eventually that wall will come down amen eventually that wall will come down Philippians 2.7 says, about, talking about Jesus, that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Even Jesus made himself of no reputation. That word, reputation, is translated kenosis, which literally means too empty. Too empty. And Jesus is our greatest example Of how important it is for us to empty ourselves. Amen. Here tonight. So, why don't we be upstanding? Chipping away. We're chipping away. Maybe this is the season just to get to work and slowly tearing down walls in our lives. One thing that was interesting in the scripture that we read, Elisha gives them an interesting and specific instruction. He says, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do you know I gather just a few? And he says, when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. And your sons then poured into all the vessels and set aside the four ones. Elisha specifically instructs them to shut the door first. You see, the anointing and the oil did not start flowing until the door was shut. And maybe tonight, there are some doors that we've left open. That's why we might be wondering, where's that anointing? Where's that oil? I want that... And I don't know what that is tonight. But I simply want to declare tonight, you only know what those doors are. But if you would just simply shut the door behind you, maybe some things you have to walk away from, Maybe it's some tough decisions you're going to have to make. I don't know what it is. But it's not until you shut the door that the oil will start pouring out. We heard it this morning when Brother Poe was encouraging us and comm- Demanding that we pray more. He said, we've got to shut some doors first. We can't be in the world. We've got to let go of some things. Before we can experience the power of God. So we've got to close some doors tonight. And if some things have are going to take longer to break down. Doesn't mean that we're not going to stop pursuing. We're going to keep chipping away at that wall until it comes down, amen. There are some decisions that we're going to make tonight. We're going to close some doors, maybe to some relationship, maybe maybe I'll close the door to a job that is drawing us away from the kingdom of God. But if you desire His anointing, if you desire His Spirit, His presence to be in your life, I want more. It might mean, it does not, not, you might mean, you will have to shut some doors behind you before the oil starts pouring out. Where are the empty vessels? Let us lift our voices to heaven. Heavenly Father, Empty us today, Lord God. Maybe it's something we're not aware of, oh Lord Jesus, but bring it to our attention, Lord. Something, Lord God, that is hindering us from receiving more. What's stopping us, Lord, from praying more? What is it in our lives? What is it? What are those doors that we need to shut? What are some of those Babylonian garments that we're hiding, Lord God, that is affecting the victory, Lord Jesus, in our lives that we were told to throw away, Lord God? Help us, O oh Lord God, tonight, Lord Jesus, to empty our hearts before you, Lord Jesus, and refresh us, oh Lord God, Fill us up once again with your presence. Fill us up once again with your spirit, Lord God. Fill us w- up once again with your anointing, O oh Lord Jesus, with your strength, oh Lord God, so that we can go out and do what you've called us to do, O oh Lord Jesus.